0: Welcome to the Listen to the Weekly Podcast. Yaz is taking some well-deserved time off this week. I think he's gorge scrambling, but don't quote me on that. So I'm stepping into the hot seat. I'm Ben Gardner, and I'm joined by the estimable WCM pairing of magazine editor and editor-in-chief, Joe Harmon and Phil Walker, to discuss the IPL, Australia women's dominance, and to pour over the best young batsmen in England. First of all,
2: Phil. Yes, mate. Hello.
0: Joffre Archer. He's a bit good,
2: isn't he? Uh, Bowl of the tournament. Well... Technically, Rabada's the bowler of the tournament. He's taken eighteen wickets, uh, but Jofra is is in second place behind him and continues to to beguile. Really, uh, he he bowled a spell against Delhi Capitals um, in quite a kind of clutch game. Really, that, that Delhi Delhi went and won, and they're now top of the group. But he bowled a spell up top, Jofra uh, against Rahane um, and Prithvi Shaw. Privy Shaw sure is one of the best young batsmen in the world, as we all know, um, and he, he barely opened his eyes before his off-stump was, was cleaned up. First ball of the game. Archer does this. He's got a history of doing this. He doesn't bowl. He doesn't work himself into a spell, especially with the white ball. There was that first baller against Finch, for example, World Cup semi-final. Mm. He's just on it. He, he can bowl with his eyes closed, Archer. It's so natural uh, and so elemental in the way that he does it. Uh, and and he can he can ramp it up, but he can bowl dry as well. He's broadly unhittable. Uh, he got Rahane out as well. I think his figures were something like two for five from his first two overs in the power play with a sixty-yard boundary against some of the best young best best players in India. Uh, he is, as Mark Wood described him to me the other day, he just said he's, he's just just the superstar of our cricket team. And you've got to bear in mind that Ben Stokes plays in that team as well and Joss Butler and one or two others. But he said he, he is the superstar of the England cricket team. Uh, and you're seeing it. You, you're seeing it on that on that stage. He's also hitting at two runs per ball as well. He's got a strike rate north of 200.
0: Yeah, so just a few stats on him in the IPL. Here we go, stat time. Currently has the highest batting strike rate of anyone in this IPL as well as the best economy rate of any fast bowler. And that's bowling, as you say, at the power play, at the death. And he's uh, second on the wickets charts, too. So that's pretty... Ending. And he's won himself an Xbox by getting out David Warner.
2: Yeah, and no, I saw that. It, it's, can he work? Sam Curran kind of tried to do exactly the same thing. I don't know if that was fruitful well, or not. He probably didn't get Warner out.
0: You can't do it after... He, he got Warner out, but you can't ask the Xbox after you've got Warner out. That's that's not how it's done. You've got to say yeah. who do you want to get out, and then they tell you who, and then you do it. That's how you pay for Xbox's Day for some reason. Yeah.
2: Sure. Did, did you tap up Xbox before this show, saying, you know, if, if you step into Yaz's shoes and pull it off, then maybe... <laughs> Maybe they'll send you a console.
0: Yeah, if I if I can fill, I'll get an Xbox. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? Yeah. Anyway, I was I was going to go back on yes because I still don't understand what he's actually doing. But that's by the by. Um, that, that game yesterday, did you see it, Joe? Delhi, Rajasthan, brilliant. I didn't game see of all of it, good.
1: but I saw um, Archer's spell and I saw Stokes and and Butler batting beautifully. Uh, up against Nokia. That was a really good spell of cricket as well. That was kind of the IPL at its best for that for that little spell of cricket. We were putting
2: a magazine together yesterday, weren't we, mm, actually sending yeah. it to to the press, so yeah. Uh, we, we did have other things on our plate. Uh, it, it was on in the corner of my my front room and you're right, that that early spell uh, that four over spell was just an astonishing passage of cricket and obviously they ham up everything out there uh, and everything's great and everything's the best and everything's the, the best it's ever been. And it can get quite tiresome when you're watching it. But at the end of that four over spell, Nicholas, Mark Nicholas, who is given to hyperbole as we know, he, he just sort of sat back and said, we, we, we've just seen something pretty special here. And it was topped off by Ashwin, Ashwin's ducera to, to Steve Smith. Hmm. And Smith was trying to turn it to the onside. You might've heard he's quite good at doing that. Uh, and he was just stuffed. He was stuffed by a brilliant piece of old, old world cricket, really. Uh, Butler, meanwhile, was ramping Norkio, was bowling 156 clicks and all of that. And it was just, in, in microcosm, it, it's the reason why this tournament is, is so so all-powerful.
1: Yeah, on, on Archer as well, he's clearly having a riot out there as well. You can yeah. just, just see he's properly enjoying himself. And to be honest, I feared from him a bit in this tournament, because when he did that um, interview at the end of the summer... He just said, I'm absolutely knackered. And I thought, I mean, the IPL really stretches on. And I thought if you had a bad start, it could end up being quite a difficult period. But it's been the absolute opposite of that. He's been been fantastic. He's also a thing we've touched on previously when trying to work out where Archer fits in with England. He's absolutely the leader of that Rajasthan Royals attack. It's not a great attack. It all comes down to him, really. And he seems to really respond to that. um, A little bit like he is in England's white ball side much less so in his in their test team. Uh, he clearly enjoys the responsibility.
0: Yeah, he's also, I feel like, much more universally loved out there in in a different way. Like, if you look at yeah. the replies to anything about him on, on Twitch during the IPL, the Indian fans were saying, Archer, best bro in the world, what a gun sort of thing. Whereas in England, like, at any time, like, you, you can post a clip of Archer bowling, like, like that ball to... To, to pretty sure in the IPL and you'll get fans that oh shame you can't do that in Test cricket and it's like what, what have you been watching e- echoes
1: of Kevin Peterson in that as yeah. well because the IPL became Peterson's safe haven he, he really divided opinion amongst English cricket fans but in India they absolutely loved him and he loved them and he loved the IPL and you kind of see a little bit of that with Archer as well I think mm,
0: yeah it was interesting I had to scrap a bit from the script but I guess I'm now going to include it anyway that the, the Archer before yesterday had bowled the 8 fastest balls in the tournament and then Nokia went and bowled the 6 fastest balls in the tournament all in that in that one go, and I know you're, you're a, a fan of his. Joe, he's not someone you'd have pegged before this one as being kind of like an IPL superstar, is he? Really?
1: No, I mean he bowled brilliantly on uh, England's tour of South Africa. God, that was just this year, wasn't it? I <laughs> know, that seems a long time ago now. Uh, the thing with Norkit, he looks—he's literally bowling better every time I see him, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite a, a, an amazing thing for a, for a fast bowler to be doing. And he's bowling quicker than I've ever seen him. Um, I think South, uh, South Africa must be. Uh, very grateful that the coal pack ruling has, has been cancelled because otherwise I think he would have been getting a call from Hampshire uh, and it would have a difficult decision to make. Uh, so it's great that we're going to see him in international cricket, fingers crossed, for a long time as well. And it's exactly what South Africa need. Watching him and Rabada with a new ball for Delhi Capitals uh, has been absolutely unmissable action so far. And, and he
2: bowl, the Spelly Bowl yesterday, uh, they were saying maybe the quickest in IPL history. Right. And they were trying to scrabble around to try and find the stats for it, but 156 kilometers is that, that's, per hour. Was that
1: about 97 miles an hour? No, yeah. that's more than that. No, isn't I think it? I think 97. Yeah, was oh, it 97? I yeah. thought it was even more than that.
2: I
0: think I think about that, and the, the fastest since Sean Tate in 2011, the fastest ball I think.
1: Okay,
2: so yeah, so Tate did actually bowl bowl one quicker. Just
0: yeah, but but pro- possibly not across a whole spell like Norky did,
1: because that was the thing. It was it was every ball as well. And that that was the thing. Cool. Also with Tate, I always found it a bit funny with Tate because he had his he had his good days, but not. That many. He always went for a lot of runs, whereas Nokia is got one of the best economy rates of fast bowlers at the IPL, and is also one of the most threatening.
2: He hits his yorkers time after time. Meanwhile, uh, if he does miss his length by by an inch, then Butler just pops him over yeah. over mid on, and then reverse not reverse ramps conventionally ramps. If that's not an oxymoron, twice. Twice in two balls, and then gets cleaned up. I it mean, did, it was it six, was first ball great, back, same just,
1: over over long on as well, hadn't it? It was an yeah. ama- amazing over to watch that.
2: Yeah, ridiculous uh, level of cricket really being played at that point. Um, but again, we saw it uh, that the team chasing, which is historically the team that tends to come out best in Twenty Over cricket historically, they are coming up short time after time in 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 T uh, Twenty cricket in in this particular IPL and. The pitch is getting slower and lower and a bit more turgid, but also teams are just, there's more smarts now, I think, attached to 20-over cricket. It's a more scientific game. Uh, It's a more process-driven game. Captains and coaches identify who needs to bowl when, almost to the letter. And you're seeing that teams are able to defend totals in this particular tournament more than we've seen in any tournament beforehand. Uh, what, what's the stat Ben? Like twenty-two of 22, twenty-eight completed games have been won by the team batting first, mm-hmm. which is crazy, really, because it bucks the trend of of T20 cricket historically.
0: I think the matchup thing is really interesting because teams in the past have talked about sort of targeting a bowler, looking for that one big over, and that's just it's kind of not materialised often. So you see the run rate of ten and over becomes eleven and over, becomes twelve and over, and they just don't get that chance to get that eighteen twenty-one over to catch up, which is a which is really interesting to see. Uh, we've talked about obviously a couple of bowlers you've had really good IPL so far. Uh, Chris Jordan has not had that. He's he's played three games, he's yet to take a wicket and he's conceded uh, over 12 and over so far. Chris uh, versus Ben Jones wrote a really interesting piece for wisdom.com a couple of weeks back now saying that he performs really, really well for England and he bowls lots of Yorkers so he sort of fits the general profile of a, a world-class death bowler. But in general, if you look at his stats compared to uh, some of England's options like Tamar Mills and Harry Gurney in some of these T20 leagues and some other sort of high-class death bowlers, is perhaps slightly overvalued but the question I have for for you Joe is a, a more general one which is uh is it possible for because we, we discussed with Sam Karani's move played himself into the England team uh, in the IPL I think he has, yeah is, is it possible for a player to play themselves out of the England team in the IPL with how important these are becoming for sort of in selectors thoughts and that sort of thing
1: um I think it it depends on quite how ba- how badly you go and Jordan has had a has a, has a tough time. Morgan really, really trusts Jordan, though. And Jordan's not really let England down in in T20 international cricket. Uh, He's Morgan's go-to man at the death. Um, I saw a thing on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. um, But someone was tweeting about the best death bowlers in the world. um, And Morgan chipped in with, what, no Chris Jordan, which is kind of unlike Morgan, doesn't really get involved in Twitter all that much. So he he really, really rates Chris Jordan as a bowler. So I, I think... I think in short I think probably not in the case of Chris Jordan I think that come England's first T20 national, Jordan will still be there the question is whether he can reverse his IPL form and suddenly start bowling brilliantly again for England which is what he's done in the past but it's a tough thing to keep asking him to do Um, England's fast bowling options as well they're okay but there's not people banging down the door in quite the same way as as there is with batsmen so Jordan has that counting in his favour as well yeah
0: and I suppose there are a lot of Players and bowlers who bowl better under Owen Morgan than anyone else, and there's we can't rule out that that is the thing with Jordan that he, he needs the right captain.
2: I mean, more amazing
1: fielder and a very useful batsman as well.
2: Mm. Owen Morgan bats better un, under Owen Morgan. Yeah, true. He? Yeah, he's he's not he's not set the thing alight Uh just yet. Anyway, also, and Tom Banton made his his debut. He did, didn't he? Struggled a bit, I thought, up top. Yeah, seven from from 10 or 11, I think. As he
0: did in the PSL as well, didn't have a great PSL. So yeah. tough coming in
1: cold as well when the tournament's up and running very much into its rhythm and you've not held a bat yet. I think that's that's a tough ask for a young player.
2: Yeah, massively. We saw it with Rahane as well, obviously different ends of the career scale, but to come in, as you say, to come in and face new balls as well and to be expected just to clear your front leg and, and get it going, it's just unrealistic really. And we've seen it with Stokes as well, who's, you know, personal issues with his family and so on and then Quarantined, isolated for a time, only just getting back into it, and and he made a forty odd in the game against Delhi before chipping one to long on, and he's you can see he's just feeling his way, and this is the nature of the game. It's it's not it's a misnomer to think that it's a natural game. Clear the front leg and 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 hit hit from the top of the swing. The game doesn't really work like that, uh, and you're seeing you're seeing top players struggling for form. You're you're seeing players come through. Uh, in their own time, Steve Smith is struggling. Coley struggled initially, um, although he's starting to, starting to play. Uh, it's just been a fascinating tournament. Admittedly, it benefits from there not being any other cricket going on at the moment. But, and it slips well into the English lifestyle of be, being on at three o'clock in the afternoon. But considering what we've, we've come up against the last six months, crickets, uh, this has been a real kind
1: of celebration of the game. I feel I absolutely agree and I'm enjoying it much more this year than I ever have done I do have a gripe though and it's related to MS Dhoni which I realise is putting my head above the parapet oh, don't somewhat. do that Joe you're fine you, you've so, got a lovely little career going on <laughs> but I do find it frustrating and I think the commentary is much better than it used to be in general but I, yeah a bugbear is of mine is that when Dhoni is not playing well it's as though that just can't be even talked about mm-hmm. even suggested there was one run chase against Sunrisers I think it was and he ended up, what I wrote this down, he ended up 47 not out of 36 balls in a game his, his side lost. On the scorecard, it looks fine, but but they lost it in those middle overs where he just decided to block out Rashid Khan, then tried to play more expansively and just couldn't. And, you know, it happens to all players. That's not a. Dhoni shouldn't be kind of pilloried for that, but it does need to be mentioned that he is batting poorly when he is batting poorly because it happens with other young Indian players, it happens with overseas players, they will get mentioned, but there does seem to be some sort of. Ruling among the commentary teams that it's you just don't go there, and then when you see when well, he ran onto the pitch last year to remonstrate with an umpire, and then very recently he seems to basically tell Paul Rifle not to give a wide, and Paul Rifle just went along with it. Mm. It's frustrating that this global tournament still seems to be enthralled to one man in the way that it is. I'd just like to say it's been a pleasure working with you, Joe, for the last <laughs> few years,
2: and I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavours. But the Ch- Chennai have had a, a bizarre tournament because they, it,
0: they're looking unlikely to make the playoffs, which would be the first time that they've ever missed out. A like on, a creaking on team. Yeah. But, but what's also just so odd is, as you say, that Dhoni has often ended up with good scores and they've often made games look closer than they have. Hmm. And someone pointed out, I think, that after games have become mathematically impossible, they've scored at about 15 runs and over. That just uh, right—they're the kings at managing net run rate, but that's uh, obviously you can't you can't win a tournament on net run that, rate Yeah, that,
1: that doesn't surprise me from what I've seen. That that fits, and especially the, my, my main frustration with that innings I referred to of Donies was that Sam Curran was waiting to come in to bat. Now they've mm-hmm. put him up the order subsequently, and he's he's opening the batting, got thirty off twenty balls or so, mm-hmm. didn't he? Uh, it's great to see Sam Curran now opening the batting, opening the bowling for an IPL side. <laughs> you I mean, like quite... an Under Elevens game. <laughs> yeah.
0: That that is the one thing with Donny being so all important. And you, you, you imagine that even if the end of his career is like you know coming in, in the next couple of years at least in the IPL, that he would move into some sort of management role within CSK. He seems to really really rate Sam Curran, so he could have sort of a a pretty permanent sort of paycheck
1: going. I think on he there. just yeah comes back year after year and becomes well. I mean, I'm sure he'd be up for that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, who else have have you enjoyed watching so far? Then,
2: Phil. Uh, I've I've enjoyed obviously you look out for the English boys it's pathetic and parochial but you do um, so Rajasthan's my team mm-hmm. of course uh, Samson is a natural uh, who if you feel like he's on the edges on the periphery of, of proper Indian selection uh, but he, he hits the ball as purely and cleanly as any, any player out there on on the other end of the scale I, I'm fascinated by watching Shubman Gill who opens the batting for Kolkata and he is a dreamboat willowy batsman an ethereal kind of player in the vvs kind of mold and you and you can see him wrestling with himself he 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 strikes a hundred and a tick under 120 he's made he's made a couple of 50s he stroked a beautiful 70 odd not out um at one point to win a game but you can see how he is confronting the the, the kind of the, the confusions of of what's required for him in the modern game because this is a boy who could have been transported into the 50s or the 70s or the 80s and and fitted in perfectly as an old world batsman this is a lad who who sets up in the classical in inverted commas classical way Uh, and he's up there and this is probably where he has to bat it does make sense that he has to bat there but he's wrestling with himself if somebody bowls him a good ball on off stump then he drops his hands on it respectfully as VVS would as Kane Williamson does and you can see you can see him at kind of at odds with himself you know in the vul, in the vulgar chaos of the IPL when he really just wants to go and make 10,000 test runs and I hope that the possible limitations of attitude that he can't shake in T20 cricket doesn't affect his chances in the longer form which is probably a broader question about cricket and especially about Indian cricket. Uh, so, so my heart goes out to Shubman whenever I watch him he'll probably go out and strum 120 tomorrow morning in, in about 40 balls uh, and one other for you before we throw it over to Joe uh, Dev de Padikal yes mm. he's my hipster's choice I, I saw him get 30 uh, odd three or four days ago and he played a shot through mid wicket did you see it Ben? yeah yeah, yeah. shot through mid wicket stood up tall can't remember who it was against uh, and it's one of the most ridiculously cheeky, audacious flicks that I've ever seen. With the hands, the Dan Lawrence-style hands, where he, you kind of go back on yourself and you whirl it around. And then he then he climbed into a into a cover drive, a sort of ganguly esque cover drive. Uh, but that's that's, that's ten a penny. That shot you'd expect a lefty in this kind of level of cricket to be able to play that shot. But the flick beforehand. I, I dropped my laptop. I was stunned by what I saw. Uh, he's opening for, for Bangalore. If he's opening for Coley's team, then they clearly fancy him. He's 20 year old. I had a look at his record. His first class record, he's getting there, but his list A record, he averages 50 something. He averages 50 odd in T20 cricket as well. Mm-hmm. 20-odd years old, you'd have probably seen him in an under-19s thing, Ben, somewhere down the line. No, I don't, I don't
0: think he's played under-19s. Okay. I think interesting. He's a, I think
1: he's just... He's, so, well, it's a an t- tough and, team to get into, their under-19s team. Yeah, they, true, they, true. They a, true. I mean, true. the batting talent they've got is ridiculous. And you're, and you're starting to see it replicated in the bowling now as well. A lot of good young pace bowlers at the IPL.
2: Yeah, so he's just turned 20. He made three fifties and a couple of blobs so far. Uh, but he's he's a dream boat of a lefty. Uh, so I've enjoyed watching him too. Joe,
0: have you got any, any others to, to turn away? Um, Nokia was the one that jumps out. I actually
1: but... yawned into that. <laughs> no, it was a, con, it was a, a considered yawn. Yeah. Um, I love watching Shri Asaya as well. Uh, mm. And he's got a great team going. Delhi Capital's top of the league as, as, we, as we speak. Uh, he's one of those beautiful players who just looks like he's playing proper shots and then you look at his strike rate and it's kind of up there 150, 160. Um, he's played a decent amount of 50 over cricket for India, hasn't he? But I think he... I mean, the thing is, we're talking about so many batsmen here. They can't all they can't pick all of them. But I think he's going to be right in there for the next few years. Now, I and, think,
0: that, and possibly a long term captaincy successor potentially because he's he captain that Delhi side brilliantly, and he's, yeah. he's he's got he's got the record in the state cricket to sort of demand a first first choice place as well. So that that might well be the way that India are headed.
1: But but, there's certainly a, a kind of a calmness around him. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite not not like India's current captain, you might say, but that suggests that he's he's got that in him.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, I've got three things to pick out from the IPL that I've liked. Uh, Steve Smith, Can't Sing. I assume you all saw that. It, it, even oh, even Ashley Giles sort of uh, piled in saying the Bible will get to everyone eventually and when, when the, the King of Spain is, uh, is making fun of you singing. I couldn't talents, actually but. watch
1: the whole video. I got about four seconds in and then had to
2: stop. Yeah. Uh, I, I, felt, I felt sorry for him. Obviously, I was watching on the periphery. I don't really give a toss one way or the other what's happening on social media. However, you know, it was obviously crap. It was broadly awkward but what it does mean is that people aren't going to do this anymore you Mm -hmm. know more and more cricketers we we're desperate to see a little bit of of personality desperate to know what's really going on behind closed doors what's happening in their in their other lives and then you you pop that on on twitter you know a valiant effort why is he putting on an american accent it's an american song well elton john did it (laughs) i mean i can't stand Elton john but he did it (laughs)
1: loads of them did it all right, no, you're right. He's put himself out there and we shouldn't take the piss, Ben. Yaz would never have done that. That's yeah. disgraceful. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and actually, it's, it's nice that he has a, a hobby that's not
2: either batting, netting or shadow exactly. batting he as needs, well. he yeah.
1: needs these things in his life. Yeah. It can't all be about batting.
2: See, I mean, Yaz has gone foraging or whatever you said he, he said. <laughs> yeah, The punters need to know about this stuff. They need, they need rounded heroes with which to get their teeth into. Yeah, that's true. So, so, so I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all for Big Steve uh, throwing it out there. And considering how his batting improved from the
0: start of his his career he might well be topping the charts in a few years time you, you, well, you never know that, do you exactly yeah the, the, so the other two things are Rahul Tuatio is still uh, is just quickly becoming everyone's favourite cricketer. did another ridiculous chase yeah it's uh, is like yeah that's incredible and N- Nicholas Poran played a, a freak of an innings uh, against he hits it a long life. way Poran well for, for not that big a lad it's, interesting that you say that exactly because before this inning so it's 77 or 37 against was a chase of 200 they got nowhere close but while he was going you kind of thought actually two overs he could do something really special here uh but before that game there had been two 100 meter plus sixes hit in the entire tournament he then hit 300
2: plus sixes in three balls
0: bloody hell it was just crazy each one kind of further than the last against
2: a quick presumably using a bit of pace yeah
0: yeah and and, and the, in the big stadium and into the sort of the, the, the very top tier like 10 rows back in that tier is amazing
1: yeah just on Poran uh, we interview Michael Holding or John Stern interviews Michael Holding in our upcoming issue brilliantly uh, and he says Poran should be in that test side which is quite a thing for Holding's sake because Poran hasn't played a first class game since 2014 mm. and Holding Uh, famously doesn't think much of T20 but he still thinks he's seen enough of poor and I suppose more on his World Cup exploits in 50 over cricket he thinks there's a test cricketer in there uh, and that he should just get thrown in even without any first class cricket behind him
0: Mm, yeah very interesting so that's probably enough on the IPL for the moment now we're going to talk about uh, Australia women who have now won 21 ODIs in a row which is a a joint world record Uh, and that's a run that also includes uh, two T20 World Cup triumphs although they're not they're not quite as all powerful in that format they, they do lose the, the odd game there, but um joe are are they the greatest cricket team there's ever been <laughs>
1: <laughs> big question I mean they 're getting there aren 't they they 're not they 're obviously not the fifty over World Cup holders mm. uh, England still have that um, so no in that <laughs> in that sense I would say um, but certainly it, it does increasingly feel like whilst women 's cricket in general has got much stronger. Australia have got stronger to such an extent that they are pulling clear of everyone else and I I kind of include England in that unfortunately that's not saying England can't catch them up again this is how things go but at the moment Australia are well clear and I think we saw that as the T20 World Cup progressed as well they had a bit of a kind of shaky start but then they just looked so much better than everyone else and you look at New Zealand they're kind of a shadow of them former selves really West Indies as well. West Indies as well. I mean, South Africa have have emerged, but they've they've r- improved rapidly, but still nowhere near enough to catch Australia, who have improved even more rapidly in in mm. that same time period. Um, it'd be interesting. I mean, Australia might get to a period where they start to become a bit complacent just because they win so easily, uh, and and then that will become a challenge for them to keep them kind of keep themselves going. Um, but yeah, if they if they win the 50 over, 50 over World Cup. Uh, then you'd say they've got to be right up there. That's the,
0: the 2022. I think we'll have a, a women's Ashes uh, and two World Cups: a T20 and a 50-over World Cup for, for for Australian women. So if if they end up and cruising through that games as well, yeah, that's I think. true. Commonwealth
1: so Games. They could yeah. win the lot. If they win the lot, then ask me again, and I might say yes. Yeah, Okay, I'll, I'll set a reminder
2: for two years' time. It's got very 1994 five winter vibes to me. Um, Australia A beating the full England team. Mm-hmm. Uh, with obviously the senior Australia side, you know, just going through the motions and and being dominant. Uh, obviously, we we have it's an on it's an ongoing issue, and it's and it's a it's a burgeoning issue that I think England obviously are the team to catch them or to at least hold onto their coattails. And I think we will see in the England side uh, a strong few years. I think the the pool of players is is bigger than it has been before. Uh, they've gone through a bit of a transitional period I think over the last year or so uh, but we do run the risk of, of Australia running so far away that the, that the competition becomes almost null and void and that's that's a, a fear that the English set up are quite uh, open about mm-hmm. you know and they talk about it and you have to because it's it's unavoidable really. I think what happened last summer, as in the summer 2019 when the world was nice, I think that really did shake the English set up quite significantly. Um, But there's no reason necessarily to think that Australia will always be as dominant as this. I mean, it's not purely structural. There are, there's also a, a, a time and a place for a handful of all time great cricketers to be, to be kind of coinciding together in that, in that particular side. And, and, yeah, Meg Lanning mark two it's not necessarily a given that a Meg Lanning mark II, or at least Perry mark two is just waiting there 18 19 year old and is going to go and dominate just as much as they are so this is sport this is the nature of it uh, but at the moment they are rewriting the rules almost on a weekly basis of women's cricket and what's what what the barriers and the boundaries are of the thing yeah obviously England's professionalization is, is the thing that we hope will help
0: them catch up and i think it is also worth remembering that that 2019 ashes like england did obviously lose like what well six of the first is that right no five of the first six games and then drew the test when they got didn't get close but that ODI should, series, have should have won the first game that's the thing should have won the, they, first the, game. the second game they kind of they were in with a chance and they kind of came back with a, with a spell with the ball they they i think they're if you'd back them to win a game in a five match series i think although australia are clearly the the, the better side i don't know if england are are that far away and, and are improving as well so I think that just sets up it's just such a shame again that that World Cup next February isn't happening because it's it's what it's kind of been building towards and it just kind of feels like it's just sort of a, in state at the moment I guess the yeah. women's calendar because there's not that thing to look forward to in the near future unfortunately um, so now to to Zach Crawley uh, the new issue of Wizard Cricket Monthly out next week has a cover feature on the 12 best young batsmen in the country and an interview with Crawley who I guess you'd say is, is the best young batsman in the country, is at the heart of it.
1: Well, Ollie Pope might have something to say about that. But I think you could say those those two certainly are. Yeah, we wanted to Matt speak. Walker would say so. What a quote <laughs> Matt, that was. Matt, Matt Walker would, yeah. I'll, 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 actually, I wrote that down. I'll come on to that. But the, just the the kind of formulation of the feature. We wanted to speak to Zach Crawley. Uh, obviously, England's kind of breakthrough player of the summer. Um, but then we wanted to broaden, a bit, broaden it out a bit and, and look at some of the names that people will be familiar with who are kind of waiting for their chance, like Dan Lawrence, but a few more from County Cricket who people, who casual fans might not have heard of uh, and look really in-depth at their games, speak to coaches about them, speak to teammates about them um, and kind of, yeah, throw their hat in the ring to be England internationals in the next in the next few years. Uh, so yeah, I spoke to Crawley uh, who unsurprisingly didn't really want the summer to end whilst all of us are kind of just wishing T20 would die and disappear uh, Crawley will look back on this summer rather differently to, to most of us uh, and he's really he's an interesting bloke to talk to um, very quietly confident um, very much assured but as yeah as Phil says I spoke to Matt Walker Kent's head coach um, about him and Matt Walker well, is quite funny especially when you're speaking to coaches about young players they often want to play, play the player down a little bit for understandable reasons. They don't want to hype them up too much. And Walker kind of wants to do that, but just can't help himself. So when he spoke to Taha last year, uh, when Crawley had just been called up for his first England tour, uh, Walker tipped him as a future England captain, which <laughs> which I thought was great. Uh, and, and when he's speaking to me, I, I was asking about whether this innings might potentially have come too early for Crawley in some ways. How, how, how do you live up to that? Um, and he just said, uh, and this is a quote, is, in my mind, it's what he's made to do. That's what he's on this earth to do, to be the best player for England and to score more runs than anyone scored. I suspect that's his mindset, not that he would say it because he's too modest and humble, but the ambition and burning desire is there. It's there to be seen in how hard he works and his quiet confidence, day in, day out, in everything he does. Uh, and Walker goes on to tell me that he sees similarities between uh, Cook, Alistair Cook and Crawley. Uh, Cook, who he played with at Essex and then was batting coach there when, when Cook was playing some county cricket when he could. Uh, and obviously not in terms of batting style, but just in terms of that kind of absolute, quite kind of quiet character, but so, so driven um, and just knows their game really well. And when they encounter a flaw, they work it out really, really quickly. Um, so I think, I think we're all excited about Zach Crawley anyway. Uh, and after speaking to Walker, I think I was even more excited, it's fair to say.
2: Yeah. Are you still having him in county cricket for another couple of years so he can learn his <laughs> trade? Well, oh, that was a low blow, sorry. Forget we'll get that. to that in a second.
0: But, but first of all, just here's a clip from from that Crawley interview just to give you a taste.
1: Um, I think it's very surprising to a lot of people that, that you can score 267 against a high-quality Pakistan attack in, in test cricket, but uh, average in the low 30s in county cricket. But do you feel this is just a kind of natural progression in your career, or is it possible that some batsmen are actually better suited to, to test cricket, even though there's a step-up in quality?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. I I feel like there's definitely, um, it's definitely a different style of cricket, um, test cricket, where um, I think it's much more of a back foot game, um, where county cricket is much more of a front foot game. But, you know, I do feel like I've improved in the last year. So I think it is definitely a little bit of a natural progression. And also that being quite tall, I think, um, I think my game might actually obviously I wouldn't say suited to test cricket because I'm not sure anyone's suited so test cricket you know it's very hard but mm-hmm. it's um you know it, it might be not such a big step up for me um in, in that sense because it, it maybe might suit my game a bit more but that's just um that's the theory I think it's more the fact that it's actually just a natural progression and Mm -hmm. I've uh, I've actually just improved the last year I
1: think Uh, you've shown already that you've obviously got the the game for for one day cricket white ball cricket as well Um, presumably you've you've got ambitions of of breaking into England's white ball sides whenever you get the opportunity to do so yeah no
3: I'd love to play uh, white ball cricket for England obviously it's uh, you know not going to be easy that's one of the best um, probably the best white ball side in the world at the moment so um you know, I'm realistic about the fact that you know there's some great players in there. I'm going to need to score a lot more runs before I can break into that side. But um, you know, it's definitely an ambition of mine.
1: It's an interesting thing, though, isn't it? For guys like yourself and Ollie Pope, when you break into the England Test sides, it does become difficult to have white ball opportunities, even in county cricket. You've got a bit this summer with Kent, but um, and therefore it's quite hard to, to stake your claim for those positions in international cricket.
3: Yeah, I suppose so. With um, if all things being well, with T20 and, and the hundred, you know, I, I might never play fifty-over cricket again, count at least wise. So, um, yeah. you know, um, it, it's strange to think of it like that because it's actually such a great format. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully, um, you know, if you can state your claim in, in T20 stuff and then, uh, have a mixture of test stuff, then maybe they can see that you can blend the two together. But other than that, you're right; it's going to be it will be difficult, but. You know, I'll just um, try and keep working on those aspects of my game, and if I score enough runs where they feel like I'm picked, then hopefully I'll be ready.
1: Um, and you talk about time on your phone. and that you're you're not on Twitter, which is uh, pretty revolutionary itself in terms of the, the current England team. Um, yeah. Is that do you just not need the hassle? Have you got any interest in it at all?
3: no no interest at all really i mean i don't um i don't particularly like social media i don't really like what it does to people so um i uh, i try and stay away from it and um you know i think i think that will be the case for uh, for a little while yeah you know things might change and it might become um you know uh, you know a place that's you know a bit more beneficial but at the moment i feel like it's. it can only have negatives really on on my career so I'm trying to stay away from it
1: and is that true of of the media in general do you you read much about well English cricket or or your game or how you've gone
3: yeah no I enjoy reading about the media and and cricket I know I still try to stay in touch with the game it's more um, uh, the other stuff the other stuff yeah you know and um, and people are entitled to their opinions but I'm not sure that um, they're necessarily um good for me to see about my own game. Whether they're positive or negative, they can, you know, it might sway the way I think about the game. I prefer to stay
0: in my own bubble. It really. As as Phil just alluded to, obviously I've been yeah that was nasty. Sorry, I, I've been vocal in the past about Crawley being picked before he was ready and was proven catastrophically wrong. I'm actually I'm still getting stick on Twitter for it, even good. last night. So I'm sorry about really. that. <laughs> oh well, I'm glad to keep peddling this one then. Yeah. And 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 but it is it, interesting because Michael Vaughan has been outspoken. There's a surprise, but. uh about this idea of players becoming entrenched in the counter system, I think was the phrase he used, and his thing that you should kind of pick them before it. they've earned it. In a way, if you've got a promising young player, uh, do, you, do you think that that school of thought holds water? Because it kind of applies actually to a couple of the others that we've spoken. Like Sandu Sampson is one who you think there's international class there, but he hasn't he hasn't yet got that run, and he's uh, sort of inconsistent and poor and as well as a has not played uh, first class cricket in so the team. But people are saying they get they should get a go. Do, do you think that is 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 that how we should view it? That if, you've got, if, if they're good enough, pick them as soon as you can, essentially? I think it's a
2: really good question. Um, I think there are differences with, with batsmen and quicks. Mm-hmm. And there's differences between quicks and spinners. Players traditionally, or rather within their disciplines, they, they develop at slightly different times. Uh, I think you'd be hard-pressed to throw in a 21-year-old spinner into test cricket, as we've seen uh you can also throw in a fast bowler quite quickly and uh, no no cricketer develops quicker than a tear away quick you can be as i've said before you can be nothing on a monday morning you can you can be something on a monday afternoon if you're a quick bowler and the the name flies like wildfire through throughout cricket uh with batsmen, it's interesting there are different schools of thought on this uh Ricky Clark, Ricky Clark, wow. Ricky Ponting. <laughs> He'll like that. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Clark just missed out R- R- on our R- best R- young batsman. R- Ricky, list, R- Ricky Ponting was a test player at 2021. 20, he could have been a test player at 17, 18, from what they say about how good he was under Rod Marsh and so on at the academy. But he, he has since said that he believes that a test batsman's best years are in their very early 20s. And Michael Clark said something very similar as well. That the, the hunger, the, the sharpness physically, the the eye, the hand-eye coordination, uh, that from a physical perspective, that is the best time to be a batsman. Now, you have to learn, the, learn how to score runs as well, obviously. And, and that's where the, old, the old-fashioned approach of you, you earn your crust, you do your business over a series of of years and then you get your go that's that's still possibly the prevailing attitude but i think it is it is evolving changing and 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 england used to the english system used to prefer players who were in their mid to late 20s and that they've got this body of work behind them but increasingly you look at it you see what happened with Ollie Pope you saw what happened with Crawley i think in a more kind of stratified and diversified game now I think there is value in identifying a red ball cricketer and allowing them to learn on the job. I think there
1: is value in that. You have to pick the right ones. That's the, that's the issue. Character and personality has got to be key here as well, right? It's got, there's got to be a maturity not only about their game but about them as a person. Yep. Uh, and they've obviously seen that in Crawley. It's yep. what everyone talks about. Um, who who plays with him or has coached him that he's just got that kind of aura of confidence that yep. suggests he's ready. Uh, Ollie, Ollie Pope, I guess, similar, and perhaps in a slightly different way. But Pope's an interesting case because they threw him in really early. The runs were there, but he hadn't he'd barely played any games. Uh, struggled a little bit, although such a small sample size is, is tricky to say that. But he said himself he, he he struggled a little bit. He wanted to feel bat on ball a bit too much. Went back to county cricket improved his game and has come back looking like a more complete player. Now, maybe it just would have worked for him first time round if he'd got the chance, but there is that idea as well. I think some people think, well, oh, if, you, if you pick them and drop them, then they're ruined. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't have to be the case. I think that comes down to a yeah. player's personality and whether they can, whether they can bounce back and post it brilliantly.
2: There is another added element and added complication to this equation that in crowded calendars, with young players wanting to play as much white ball cricket as they can... Do you have enough Red Bull games in in amongst the odd test match appearance to justify being thrown in early? Mm. So, someone like Ollie Pope, uh, you'd want him to, and he's a, he's a slight exception because he's frus- famously frustrated that he doesn't play very much white ball cricket. But in a way, you could have, you can try him out in, at test level because you know that he's going to be playing Red Bull cricket for Surrey the following week. But with a lot of cricketers coming through, their priorities are slightly different now. And so it becomes ever more confused and um, there is a good example of the danger of letting a cricketer uh stew in county cricket that's harsh isn't it i don't mean that but y- you can become almost indoctrinated into county cricket and the treadmill can take its toll and one of the, one of the people in our in our 12, 12 young batsmen uh is joe clark now joe clark is 24 year old now um started at worcester moved to knots for the start of the 2018 season, 2019 season. Uh pulled up a lot of trees for Worcester beforehand, Joe, and I think he, he made 600s in 2016 in his first full season. We were going through this before the show, weren't mm. we? He, he's played England under 19s. he's He played a lot of England Lions stuff, yet to get the nod. Uh, and there's been some other stuff, as we know, that's uh, halted his progression. Uh, but he's the kind of cricketer that you, you, you slightly fear for because he's a very ambitious young player. There was always a sort of a preordained sense that he was going to crack it, that he was at England's next, next cab and so on and so on. Not happened yet. 24 time rushes on, good young players come through. You know, when he was beginning, Zach Crawley was still a teenager. And, and this, is, this is the nature of the beast. You know, Joe, Joe Clark at 19, 20 was a stick-on to play for England. Suddenly he's 24. He's had one or two setbacks and one or two mistakes along the way. Uh, suddenly you're looking at him and you're wondering if if the, those like the James Hildreth size 12s he might be slipping into, and and I might be completely wrong on Clark and he might tear it up from the start of next year and he's be, he's right back in the conversation, but. But
1: time does rush on. Or to throw in another name, then Dan Lawrence, who also features in our list. 20, I fear for him. Twenty-three, but he debuted at seventeen. He's played seventy-four first-class games. <laughs> now, if England think he's a Test player, and obviously whether there's a spot available is a difficulty. But they've got to give him a game soon, because otherwise, we, we could get to the situation that Vaughan's describing of, of Lawrence becoming entrenched in county cricket, and he's, he's not not being challenged is not the right way. But he he needs to there's obviously something about test cricket that really brings a player through when they get to it and we've seen that with Pope and we've seen that with Crawley how quickly they've improved now Lawrence needs to have that opportunity soon otherwise he might kind of tread water for too long but but then
2: I don't disagree with any of that but then there's the flip side and people will say well look at Rory Burns look at Dominic Sibley players who have cut their teeth at county cricket players who wouldn't have stood a chance of making test match runs when they were 21 22 Mm. uh, but have had to develop their games overcome not overcome but fine-tune the good parts of their game, uh, get to know the limitations. Um, they are openers, and that's a specific discipline, I suppose. Uh, but th- there are different ways to skin a cat, um, and there are different different truths, I think, to this particular point. Uh, but, yeah, there are, there is a, a lingering concern, certainly around certain stroke makers. Mm-hmm. They are harder to define than overall technicians, I think. Uh, and... The Clark story is an interesting one. Clark's played at New Road, which is a tough place to bat. He played at Trent Bridge, where it swings around increasingly. Um, I spoke to Peter Moores about it, and he said, look, there are too many blobs in there. There are too many single-figure scores at the moment. But when he gets in, he really gets in, and he's made 23 professional hundreds, 17 of which are... Sorry, 21 professional hundreds, 17 first-class hundreds by the age of 24. And yet he averages under 40... There's, there's your story about young batsmen in England. And so it's hard. It's hard to identify, really, because you can look at a scorecard and see, oh, he's got 0, 4, 6 and 2. Mm, all right, well, we'll write him off. But God knows what's happening out there. You know, on, on green ones, result pitches, teams looking for results, desperate to stay up or get promoted. Uh, and it doesn't always tell the full story. Clark made the point to me and he mentioned international cricket five times in the interview I did with him in the magazine and he and he made the point. International cricket, the pitches are better, the preparation is better, uh and he feels that his game is is there
1: for it. And it echoes the Crawley thing. Well, this is this is it, and we've touched on it in previous podcasts, whether a player can be more suited to test cricket than counting cricket, even though the quality is clearly higher. And I put that question to Matt Walker, and he said, "Like absolutely, I think that can be the case. If you think, yeah, the pitches are better, ball comes on quicker, and actually, Crawley's back back foot game is mm-hmm. well suited to Test cricket." Yeah, and and I put that to Crawley himself as well, and understandably, very cautiously, he said, "Yeah, I can I can see something in that, that that he can see that in some ways his game might be more suited to to Test cricket," whilst also saying that actually the reason he was made able to get such a big score against Pakistan is because his game has improved so quickly being in and around that England setup
0: yeah I think the the thing for me that's most interesting is just realizing how big a part sort of fortune and circumstance actually plays in a in a well in, in any sportsman's career but I think especially cricket where you know you can just get a, a good ball early on and then all of a sudden you know you've you've made a pair on test debut sort of thing uh and so we and we, especially because cricket gives you such define statistics at the end of a career you'll look back at someone and think like oh they they, they underachieved are oh, they, they didn't fulfill their potential but actually someone like joe clark could very easily have played for england at this point and it brings you to the point that you know there isn't a spot open at the moment for an england batsman uh, and he very nearly made his debut in the game when Oli pope made his debut uh mm. but didn't and has now and you know at the time we say oh well he's going to play for england sooner rather than later and oh, he still hasn't played for england but you, you could just you kind of never know what, what might have happened if, if he'd been the one to to make his debut to, to come out at Laws and it was when it was swing around but Ollie Pope made that what that that 20 that odd and and sort of looked kind of settled and uh it's just, it's just fascinating to pinpoint kind of turning points in players careers that could have it could have gone so different and you know just, at least, just, we've been careful to say Joe Clark is still is one of the most exciting young batsmen England, could yet play lots of test cricket for England but uh if he doesn't that might not be through any fault of his own that might just be the way that his career happens to have unfolded.
2: Yeah. Just, I don't want this to to be the Joe Clark show, but I wrote about him slightly tongue in cheek, that he might actually be too good. And what I meant by that is he has a strike rate of 150 something in 20 over cricket. He's made three or four list A hundreds and he's made 17 first class hundreds. He plays them all and he plays them all to a high level. But, among our list, there's there's Crawley, who's making T20 hundreds, and he's obviously brilliant. There's Pope, who doesn't really play white ball cricket. There's Tom Banton in it. I'm not giving away, you know, go out and buy the magazine, folks. I'm going to give you the whole list. But Tom Banton barely played a Red ball game. He's in our list as well. And cricketers, young cricketers, are increasingly specialising, as we know. Someone like Clark may almost be a victim of his own versatility as a player you end up becoming very good at that very good at that very good at that but not screamingly obvious that you're you're outstanding at that and so yeah he may end up being one of those cricketers where where you look at it and it's baffling that he's never got a cap but his 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 brilliance is almost spread a little bit too too lightly or too or too
1: widely if you like Mm. Stuart Broad on commentary in Nottinghamshire's quarter final win over Leicester Shear just said, "Yeah, he's just one of those players who can do it on all three formats, and he seems to have no doubt that that Clark could could step up uh, when there's a spot. And we keep, I mean, we can talk about all these players, but there needs to be a spot available for, for one of them to get into. And at the moment, Lawrence is ahead of Clark. You'd say definitely for the Test team, and
2: yet Clark's record is ahead of Lawrence's. He's made, he's made more hundreds, he averages more, uh,
1: and yeah, it's interesting. You
2: know, it's
0: fascinating." Well that that that's uh that's all we've got on on this week's show, apart from one thing I wanna add, which is Mohammed Rizwan, remember him from the from the test summer? The keeper. Yeah, yeah. But he took one of the best catches you'll ever see. Oh, is this
2: the the cross the floor catch yeah,
0: ran so it from mid off to mid on. Well I, I think it was more almost like extra cover right. to to mid on. And then went full length diving. The bowler could have just uh it was sort of smashed up in the air, huge sky. And the bowler could have just taken about three steps back and caught it, but instead he just watched as Rizwan sprinted at hundred miles an hour dive full length and and caught it. It was a an absolutely incredible catch. You should you should go and uh, go and Google that one and watch it. Um, but that's uh, that that that's all from us. Uh, thanks, thanks very much for listening. And uh, as ever, if you have enjoyed what you've heard, please uh, tell your friends. And if you're feeling especially kind, leave of, us a nice five star review on the podcast app. Cheers.
1: Podcast Network.